It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ding, ding. Got it. Oh, my. Great effort that time as Peek gets the touchdown catch from Teddy Bridgewater. What a throw, guys. What a throw. And how good does that feel after the last two years for Teddy? How about Bridgewater right there staying alive and then going down and connecting with Peek? I mean, I thought both of them played well. Like I said, I got to see the film, and I'll go over the rest of it. But under the, the plays that I saw off the cuff, I don't want to make instant evaluated without watching the film. I thought they played tough, and I thought they played great. Wow, Teddy, Mackie, and Judd. I was wa- I didn't. I didn't watch the game, but I watched highlight clips last night. I'm going through Twitter, and I see Teddy Bridgewater dropping back, mm-hmm. dodging pass rushers, mm-hmm. strafing in the pocket, throwing darts down the field. Teddy Bridgewater in two preseason games so far for the New York Jets is completing 74% of his passes. He's 17 of 23 for 212 yards, a couple of touchdowns. He did throw a pick last night. Uh, A 113 passer rating for Theodore Bridgewater. So, A, I don't know about you, but I think it's awesome to see this. This is the first time he's been in actual NFL games, even preseason games, in two years, right? Yes. And I think it's awesome to see. So, we'll start there. But B, can't help but look at this from a Vikings perspective and think, <laughs> I wanted you to get to B. I wanted you to get to point B. Hmm. Uh, yes, I told you off the air. When it comes to rooting for guys, I'm pretty ambivalent most of the time. Like there's guys that you, and when, when they leave uh, the Twins or Vikings or Wolves or Wild, you hope they do well. But you really, for the most part, don't care that much. In Bridgewater's case, I am 100% a fan. I mean, there's... I never heard a crossword about that kid from anybody. And and he did his best here and he did absolutely nothing wrong and he damn near lost his leg. Yeah. So this is this is not a story of a guy who just tore up his ACL and MCL and and left here and is going somewhere and trying to play. This is a story of, of a guy who in the ambulance they were actually afraid of amputation. Dude. It's a it is if this continues to go down a positive track, this is a fantastic yeah. sports story. Don't you think right now that he's the best Jets quarterback? I mean, uh, Sam, well, Dar- Sam Darnold gonna, has never played the NFL You're sort of going to have to wait a little bit for write that down to get to ex- wow. exactly what I think wow. write about that down his situation. At 9.30 today, yes. 9.30, because Doogie's coming in at 10 o'clock. Yeah, so you're going you're to have to wait a little bit for the complete answer to that question. But if I'm Todd Bowles and I've got three quarterbacks right now and I've got Darnold, a young one who I really like, but I want to develop in a positive way and not put the pressure on him immediately. Mm -hmm. I've got a savvy veteran guy who isn't over the hill. And if his leg is in good shape, I'm thinking about playing him. 
If you ranked the three Jets quarterbacks in Blake Bortles, where would Blake Bortles rank? Fourth, right? Uh, well, wait, hold on a McCown. second. You, you got, I would rank him right now. Teddy, you got McCown. Because I would rather have Sam Darnold as a rookie McCown. than McCown. Is, is there is there like a, a fourth camp arm too for the Jets? Like a like just a is slappy. There, do like, we know? Do the Jets, James, have a have a camp arm like a fourth? They probably don't need one with three. Are you saying you'd rather have that I, guy? Over, I'm just saying the if guy from Austin P. Or whatever they brought in. If there's a gender for the Jets who who can really sling the ball around, I think I'd prefer him. I'd put Darnell or I'm sorry, I would put uh, Bortles about sixth. Let me find their roster because because. If I, if I'm the Jaguars right now, looking at Teddy Bridgewater slinging it around in the preseason, if I there's about if I'm the Dolphins and Tannehill's coming off an injury, if I'm the Vikings, here's my hypothetical for you. All right, all right. Now that you've seen Teddy in two preseason games, and again it's preseason, whatever. Like all kinds of guys look great in preseason. Right? Kyle Sloter looks great in preseason. McLeod Bethel Thompson has looked great in the preseason. Kyle Sloter's something special. Yes, keep going. Right now, yep. knowing that Teddy Bridgewater makes a lot less money, okay, and you've seen him, he's capable, he's he's throwing the ball down the field again, he's out there, he's dodging defenders. You have one shot, one shot only. You can swap Bridgewater for a lot less money yep. in for Kirk Cousins, who goes away, Yep. and it would allow you to for sure lock up Adam Thielen to a new contract extension and re-sign Anthony Barr. If you keep Kirk Cousins, you don't know. You don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's fair. Would you do it? Um, with everything that's in place right now and where things stand, I actually would not do it. Okay. I would not do it because of this. Teddy's knee basically shredded itself. And I'm not quite sure exactly why. If he, if this was an ACL, MCL tear, just standard run of the mill, he dropped back to pass and it's weird. Uh, but it's, it's, it's two things that get torn on a pretty consistent basis and can be repaired, and it's not that big of a deal. And you had allowed him to go and sign Kirk, and he goes to the Jets and plays like this. Then I think I say uh-huh. yes. Uh, but when a human being's knee just sort of blows up inexplicably, I and, and the expectations on the Vikings are as high as they are, I would not do it right now. Yeah, Murph, did you find the Jets' practice roster? Yeah, I did. And... Um, they moved on from Christian Hackenberg, the former second-round right. pick. I'd still take him. And, and he, so he's – I, I he was went, just trying to look at he, that. He went to Oakland for a tick, and I think Gruden released him very, very quickly. Remember when he was supposed to be the number one overall pick about yep. four years ago? I do. Him and then Jake Locker had that status at Washington as a sophomore. Oh, this is the next so, such and such. Okay. Hackenberg's currently the third-string quarterback for Philadelphia. Okay. So that's where he is. But they moved so on he'll from be him. a Super Bowl MVP in about Yeah, they might need five. him. <laughs> with the way things are going. They moved on from him last year, and they currently do not have a fourth quarterback in camp, the Jets. So it just, it's just got the three. starting quarterbacks. Yeah. Why would right. you need a fourth quarterback? Right. Uh, it, it always bugged me. The people would just look at Teddy Bridgewater's fantasy stats and say, well, he only has 14 touchdown passes. He's garbage. Watch the games. Yeah, he has kind of a funky throwing motion sometimes going down the field. But if you watch the games... He was surgically accurate between 5 and 15 yards in the air. Mm -hmm. He didn't have weapons. His first two years in the league, when he's a rookie, absorbing fast-paced NFL defenses, and he's not throwing the ball to Adam Thielen, not throwing the ball to Stephon Diggs until like the second half of his second year, I believe, as a starting quarterback. And and usually guys don't start to really emerge until years three, four, five, when you really start to be able to process defenses and really know what you're looking at the line of scrimmage. And so many people held it against him that 
they handed the ball off to Adrian Peterson and Matt Asiata a million times inside the 10-yard line instead of giving him a chance to throw touchdown passes from point-blank range like most quarterbacks get. It was opportunity, and I think it was lack of weapons that prevented him from throwing 20-plus touchdown passes. He was better than people thought based on fantasy stats, and I hope he shows that with the Jets. I, I think the most important thing is this, too. He didn't have an offense built around him. Correct. He was that, running the Adrian that's Peterson the, that's old the school. Indi- yes. That's the indictment. You got you you drafted a quarterback in the first round, and and supposedly you're supposed to do if you do that and you're going to play that kid, you're supposed to do everything you can to basically build that offense around him, make him as comfortable as possible. Teddy Bridgewater spent that season as a starter, basically going through an offense that that at least in week one was totally built for one person, a running back. Mm-hmm. That is. That is one of the last biggest indictments of the Vikings I can think of. I mean, the Vikings have done, I think in the past couple of years, the Vikings have done a lot of smart things. I think the Vikings have been very, uh, post the Sean Hill idea to have him as Teddy's backup. They went and signed Keenum. Keenum was fantastic. I think Spielman and company have done a very good job these past two years. So I don't have a lot of criticisms of them. But one of the last big ones I do have is that you opened a season with a young quarterback who you should have done everything you could to to put in a comfortable situation and you said the offense is built for of all positions too yeah. go running back yeah yeah it's it that was it was head scratching at the time i could see if he was a third round draft pick and you know what we're gonna we're gonna see about you kid agreed it was a first round draft pick a first round agreed. draft pick quarterback that they said you know what we're gonna withhold the keys to the car here you're just gonna sit back there and i know you're comfortable surveying the defense in shotgun formation but we're gonna make you run play action eye formation and you did that in in 2015 correct you did that when everything about the league like anybody if you had had a study done at all and said okay where, where's the league going yeah. where where are we right now everyone would have said it's a passing game like yeah. nobody would have said you know what you really should do here's the curveball feature the running back yeah so yeah, it's good for Teddy and I hope he does fantastic and and if nothing else I, I hope the Jets trade him and he gets a chance to start yeah or they just start him and yeah. and and Sam Darnold True. can sit for a while that, w- that would be fun to watch it's it's likely though because they spent such a high pick on Sam Darnold that the Bridgewater this might be that I mean this this would be the best case scenario sort of the Philip Rivers Drew Brees situation where uh, you know they weren't sure about Drew Brees. He was a second round pick, and Drew Brees goes on to another team when they had a logjam, and he thrives elsewhere. I could even see Bridgewater playing for the Saints when Drew Brees leaves, and he takes over a passing offense. That would be kind of fun to watch. I'd be very tempted after what I saw uh, at the joint practice a couple days ago if I was the Jacksonville Jaguars to get on the phone for this season. For this season, immediately. I agree. It, it was why, that, why that weren't was, they earlier? That was the. All right, I'm, I'm going to try to put this in context. What I saw from Bortles two days ago up here is the worst training camp practice from supposed starting quarterbacks since we saw the day of Tavares and Sage. And the Vikings said, "Oh my God, if Brett does not come here." And by the way, we've and and much like the Jaguars, that Vikings team was good. So they they didn't say, "I we can absorb this." They said, "Okay, this is either a chance to go to a Super Bowl or we're punting on, on an entire season." What I saw two days ago is the worst football practice from a quarterback since then. Oh, was it? Was he just skipping balls and? Well, no, he's throwing, throwing it to. He was throwing it to said. Vikings players. Yeah, 
He was throwing it to Vikings players. Hey, and in fairness, that that's a great defense his, that you won't have to face until the Super Bowl. So the best the best ca- <laughs> the best catch I saw from a Jaguars player in team drills was a pass he threw to a tight end that in a game w- would have been an incredible, a really nice catch, and or yeah. gotten that player killed because it led him into the in the to the Jeez. middle of the field. This yeah. was the worst practice I've seen in nine years. To, to answer the question from a few minutes ago. I would also continue forward with Kirk Cousins because you know that he's going to be available. He's, you know that he's healthy. Obviously, a lineman could roll into anyone's knee at any time, but he's been available for three years for all 16 games. You know that he's an above-average quarterback. There's still question marks with Bridgewater, but watching him go out there in two preseason games for the Jets does does give you the feels a little bit. Like, oh, man. And you know How do you think pro- Zim feels? I, I was just going to say. How do you think Mike Zimmer feels right now? Because he loves him like a son. Yeah. Don't you think there had to be a lot of convincing I'm sure they had plenty of meetings behind the scenes throughout the offseason prying Mike Zimmer's cold, dead hands off Teddy Bridgewater. Say, Mike, Mike, the risk is too high. Yes, we love him. And yes, he's a great leader. And he's if he's healthy, he's accurate. And he's all these things. But... This is a Super Bowl window. You yep. can't gamble on the on that knee. Well, I think they. I, I think the compromise was I, was at least two or threefold. I think part of it was they clearly brought the doctors to Mike and said we don't know, and that was a key thing. I think the part also a big part of the compromise was we won't stick with Case. I bet you that, that there were people in that building who said Case Keenum helped us to a thirteen and three year. He might just be co- coming around now. Who knows? Let's stick with him. And I think Mike probably said, "No way. There's too many chances he takes. He th- this could be a pop-up year." So I think in the end, what they what they settled on was this enormous contract for Cousins. Yeah. But I'm sure I'm sure that Zimmer's first inclination was, "Let's start Teddy." Yeah. So I'm rooting for him. I hope he I hope he starts for the Jets this season and absolutely shreds. And I hope everyone who thought he was mediocre and why are you guys riding Teddy's. Jack strap. He threw 14 touchdown passes. You're an idiot. Story Watch him play. Yep. Yes. Mackie and Judd, there's a few Twins things to get to off last night. There's not not many uh, games that are must-watch right now for the Twins, but I thought it was interesting. A guy who spouts off about the Twins' front office and then gets to start at home, <laughs> Irvin Santana. Uh, we'll talk some Twins. Write that down predictions and an accountability session at 9.30 today. Normally 10 o'clock at 9.30 today. Doogie's going to come hang out with us for the rest of the show at 10 o'clock. So we're going to do an early write that down session. James has been uh, a participant in write that down a couple times. You've been swinging for the fences. We have some accountability stuff to go over with you here in about 20 minutes, too. So just buckle up. Thanks. Okay? Just say that James is a little bit more Adam Dunn than he is Albert Pujols <laughs> in his prime. All right. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir? Mackie and Judd. Absolutely. On 1500 ESPN. Deep to left center field. That ball is way back, and that ball is gone. Into the bullpen, a two-run shot. For Nicholas Castellanos. For 2,000 hits. That's drilled deep to left field. It might go, and Mikey is going deep. Matuk with a line drive home run. Two run shot. Here's a drive to deep right field. This ball might have enough, and it does. It is gone. An opposite field home run for McCann, and the Tigers have their third home run of the night. All right, we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk some twins here in a second, but you and I have been fixated. We got the TCL TV here. And so cheap plug, the TCL 4K Roku TV. 
We've got NBA TV on, and they run these. It's the office. This is a dead time for the NBA. This is about the only dead time of the year for the NBA. And so we've got Hardwood Classics on. And you said yesterday there was the they showed the Kevin Love thirty and thirty game that I left at halftime. Yeah, I turned around. I was in a bar in Hopkins, and I know you're going to be shocked by that. You were at a bar in Hopkins watching the Kevin Love thirty no, and thirty. No, game. I turned around. <laughs> there was there was MLB Network above me and Fox Sports North, and I turned around, and there's a Wolves game on. Is this Hopkins Tavern or uh, Main, Main, Street. Main Street? Main Street. Okay. So I turn around and there's a Wolves game on, and I'm like, "What the? What Wolves Knicks on MSG?" I couldn't figure it out for a second, and then I thought, "It's the Kevin Love game." Yeah, pudgy it, Kevin Love. It's the, yes, pudgy Kevin Love. Uh, hugged immediately after the game ends by Michael Beasley, your guy. Oh my god! But that was the game that you left that Kevin Love had. But I was, I was like trying to figure out why are they showing a Wolves game, and it was you know the basically nondescript Wolves, right? But so that's it's not still like, even that's a great accomplishment, thirty and thirty. But they're digging deep in the archives even from that game, right? This I love this stuff though. This is June fifth, nineteen seventy seven. It looks like, so this, they're spoiling it here. This is when the Blazers win their first NBA title. It's the Sixers with Dr. J and the Blazers with Bill Walton stoned out of his mind and Dr. Jack Ramsey in flower pants, yes. bell bottoms. Also probably stoned. On the sideline. Also probably stoned at that oh. time. When, why did it take us so long? It, <laughs> it, it took until, I think, the early 2000s or late 90s. Yep. Sports had been on TV for the better part of the, you know, half the century. Until some genius finally figured out, let's just leave the score and the clock on screen the entire time. And that was the Fox box, right? Yeah. So that's, yeah. I have no idea. Now I have no clue why somebody didn't say, because it's not that hard. Let's just run the score and a clock like at the bottom of the screen. Why it took until Fox got the National Football League and the NFC rights away from CBS, I will never understand in retrospect now. Yeah. But but at the time when Fox st- Fox started that, you were like, oh, this is okay. Yeah, it's sort of weird, but okay, cool. And now, it's convenient though. It and makes now sense. you and now you flip on this game from 1977, and you're like, "Well, what's the score?" A couple weeks ago, <laughs> they they were showing Game Six of the 1998 Finals, Jordan's last game with the Bulls. Yep. And so that's 20 years ago. Even then, and that's peak NBA viewing. I, I'm guessing, in terms of TV rating, that's the most watched NBA Finals game in history. Game Six of 1998. If it's not, it's top three. Mm-hmm. And they would, even on NBC, they would flash the score once in a while. You know, every trip down, they'd flash it for a second, take it off. Like, if, you, how, can, if you can flash it, why, why, how did why that would it not, not just become be on immediate? the screen? I don't know. Like, how, how did, when Fox started to do that in around 94, how did that not become, like, an immediate thing of, like, oh, yeah, we have to show the score constantly? And how did we live without the yellow first down marker watching football for all those years? Because we, watching we play, guess? It's like, oh, I don't know. Because we guess we're 10 yards. Hey, 10 yards. That looks like a first down. And if you're a Madden player, you've got the line all the time, too. I mean, if you're a quarterback in the NFL and you don't get the luxury of that line, it must be very difficult. The if you're ama- a wide receiver trying to figure out where to run your route. Yeah, that's true. The like ama- that, why, why, why would he cut the route short by a half yard? What an idiot. Well, he doesn't know. He's trying to figure it out. The amazing thing about a game like this, though, and, and going back to 1977 or so, it's not that the players are fat, but they're all doughy. Like, you look yeah, at guys now, bods. and they're absolutely chiseled, right? Guys... From, for the most part, are, except, at, are chiseled, except for a few guys. I get yeah. it. But in basketball, and these guys all look like they got home from work, took off their suits, threw down their briefcases, and went to the gym to play basketball. They look like taller Teen Wolf players. Remember that? <laughs> 
the Michael J. Fox movie. Yes, I do. Where it's 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 uh, what's that guy? The big center who's pudgy, and they got the short shorts and the socks that come up between the calves and the and the knees. And they all they're all wearing those old school white knee pads too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, what sport to you when when you go back and watch classic games? What sport to you from from these seventies or so? Is the most unidentifiable compared to just, today's just to game. watch. Yeah, like like what makes you laugh the most and say that doesn't even really resemble what I watch now for that sport. Wow, baseball is actually pretty similar. I think obviously people look different and and uniforms look different. I would say the NFL in terms of size. Look at the crowd chat. Oh, they're all wearing the flower pattern tight shirts. <laughs> They've all got a reefer in their car. What's up with the massive collars people used to wear back in the day? Oh, we loved Those our collars. Huge collars in disco, the 70s and 80s. Disco era. The disco era, we had massive collars, bell bottoms. Did you used to wear massive pants. collars oh, yeah. in your... <laughs> As a kid, of course I did. I had flowery shirts. Uh, I started kindergarten in 1975. So, yeah. I yeah. had big collars, the big collars and the... If I dressed up, you know, put a jacket on, big collar on the jacket. Oh, it was some awful stuff. Well, basketball's unidentifiable because there's no three-point line. Yep. And it's weird to see guys constantly pulling up from 15 feet with a hand in their face. But the defense is packed in, and you've... So the defense is packed in, and you're trying to get as close to the hoop offensively to get a better shot. You're not going to stand out there from 25 feet if there's no incentive to until they put the three-point line out there. Right. So everything is just packed in, and there's a bunch of contested shots in the 70s. Was there no defensive three seconds either? I feel like that no, wasn't a thing yet. Th- there was no. not. D- defensive three seconds is within the last 15 or 20 years. Okay. So you could... There's literally like eight people in the in the paint. Though. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I, th- was... I, think there was, I think there was an offensive three seconds at that time, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, you couldn't stand So you couldn't paint. just stand there because that rule goes way back. But yeah, as far as... The rules that we know now in the NBA, not even close. But for, for football, if you go watch games from the 60s and 70s, it's unidentifiable because everyone looks like they just put out their cigarette and jogged onto the field, right? <laughs> well, that's because they the, did. The uniforms don't fit 100% correctly. George Blanda? <laughs> yes. Sonny Jurgensen. Take a final drag, put the cigarette. Billy the- Kilmer. With his gut just slinging passes yes. around and his gut just hanging over his jersey. It, it feels like every quarterback is literally like putting, not putting the cigarette out, but just taking it out of their mouth one final drag and just setting it on the grass while they go up and take the snap. <laughs> it's because they And were. then to grab it and walk up again. But linemen, offensive linemen were 240 pounds instead yep. of 320 pounds. Yep. And running backs were just different looking. And quarterbacks would drop back. Yep. So it's like quarterbacks would backpedal instead of right, yeah. instead of sort of sidestep their way, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't nearly of athletic endeavor as it's become. And passes yeah. would just sort of wobble sometimes. Yeah. Like passes would consistently just sort of warble and wobble through the air. Although I might actually put, if the question is, what's what sport is the most different when you go back to the 70s or the least identifiable I think hockey's pretty high on that list, that too, because be my it, top one. it looks constantly like guys are only skating 50%. <laughs> yes, and goaltender equipment is so small. Yeah. It looks like they don't know how to skate very well, and so they're kind of moving gingerly like I would on the ice. And now you watch, and they're all just, it's just yes. wall-to-wall as fast as you can go most yes. of the time, right? Yes. Uh, the sport, if you go back, and this is obviously not true, but if you go back and watch hockey games 60s, 70s, into the 80s, there's a lot of games that you watch where it looks like you could play. Where you're like, 
I could skate like that. Yeah. Now you couldn't, but it looks the, like it. There's a couple point guards here in this game. Just your classic old school white short point guard with the it. shaggy hair. Just no, I want to know who no the Sixers tone. point guard was because he he <laughs> looks like he's got ten kids. Doug course, Collins. Doug Collins. Is that Doug Collins? Yeah, number twenty for the for the Sixers. Yeah, with the hair. So Doug Collins and Dr. J. Yep. And it's hard to see because it's not in high def. So it's hard to it's hard to identify <laughs> the, picture, the players. The picture's are. actually not that bad. <laughs> no. I'm amazed the picture is not awful. The only guy who looks like he belongs, like he could he could fit in a 2018 NBA game is Dr. J. Mm-hmm. Dr. J, he's he's got size, he's toned. He's the only guy on the court that doesn't have either a beer gut, that that has something more than a dad bod. Well, this roster is fantastic. Sixers night so in, in this game, nineteen seventy seven roster. Is that World B free? World B free is number twenty one. World B free. Um Daryl Dawkins, yeah. n- uh, number fifty three. Doug Collins, as intern Max is. said, number twenty. Wow, that is Henry Bibby. Number fourteen is that Mike Bibby? Joe Joe Bryant, number twenty three. Wait, is that Mike Bibby's dad? Yes, because I swear to God, before we started the show, I I was going to say to you, there's a dude on this team who looks like Mike Bibby. (laughs) (laughs) That's him. (laughs) Joe Joe Bryant though is whose dad? Kobe. That's Kobe's dad. Yeah. This is a stacked game, man. This isn't bad. Anyways, before we get to write that down, I do want to ask you about Irvin Santana. Yeah. You and I were also talking before the show. You said because he let's just say he pitched to the scoreboard last night. Old Irv got nothing. Uh, he got plenty of run support, but yeah. he gave a lot of it back. And that at one point it was eight to seven, and the Twins hit the gas pedal. I would keep pitching him because if he can put together even two good starts before the waiver trade deadline, and some team wants to take him for the stretch run, hoping that oh he's back. Yep. You said you just. You would just shut him down because of his calling out of the front office, and, well, and I, I would keep running him. And out. he's got nothing. Like if he had called out the front office, and and he could still pitch right now, and I thought that I could showcase him, I would. But last night, it's he just has nothing. Like he shouldn't have pitched. What's what, what's he maxing out at right now? He's not hitting ninety very That's often. Good question. I don't know. I don't know. But it looks yeah, it's not the same but guy. I, I think his ERA since he got back is eight plus right now. Yeah, I and it's just all you, flat. Like, you can't say what you said. I. I understand players are frustrated and they wanted to make a push for it. But with so many guys underperforming, the decision was obvious. We've already crossed that bridge. And for him to come back two weeks after the trade deadline and say what he said publicly about the front office waving the white flag and giving up on the team and how, and it was more than just, oh, I'm kind of disappointed. It was, it was shots across the bow. That's how I interpreted it. They gave up on us was basically the message. And then you come out and you're lobbing. 87 down the middle of the plate and getting shelled by a Tigers team that waved the white flag before the season started. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. you got to have some self-awareness. You've yeah. been gone the whole In fact, as good as he was in the regular season last year, I'm going to remember Irvin Santana for three things. And his, his numbers are going to be good with the Twins over the course of the contract. Yep. I'm going to remember him for missing half the season and being ineligible for a potential playoff run his first year. Or I guess was it the second year? No, it was first that year. Was the first, first year. year. First games. year. Eighty games in spring First training. Steroid suspension. Couldn't pitch till July. I'm going to remember him for meandering through an off season with a bad finger, and then having surgery too late, and then missing another four months. And in the most important game with the Twins, and spotted a three run lead in the first inning at Yankee Stadium, he absolutely melts down and soils himself. Yeah, that's what I'm going to remember him for. And then the comments here. Well, it, so, sorry, Irv, but have some self-awareness, man. Dozier, Dozier's criticisms bothered me 
but at least he had played the entire year with the team. Sure. So I'm like, okay, it bothers me, but you had contributed or tried to. You struggled, but you tried to. You don't come back. I don't care who you are. You don't come back from missing the majority of a season, make a few starts, and your average at best, bad at worst, and then unleash with they gave up. Like, that's idiotic. Just pitch, man. Yeah, just pitch. Pitch and shut up. Yeah. Good for the Twins, though. They uh, the, the, I, I might make a prediction, a positive prediction involving the Twins here when we come back. All right. You've got a Teddy Bridgewater prediction and write that down. Murph has been swinging for the fences as a contributor. That's not he, stopping. Okay, good. Well, no, we don't want you to stop, Dave Kingman. <laughs> you keep going, Dave. <laughs> Write that down, predictions, and an accountability session when we come back. Doogie's going to hang out uh, starting at 10 o'clock. Let's talk about the number one service department and car dealership in the Twin Cities, Luther Brookdale Toyota, number one in my mind and in my family's minds. So right now the national clearance event is happening, and that means great deals for you on brand new 2018 vehicles. So what happens is, as we get to the second half of a calendar year, they're looking to make room for 2019s here, and they've got over 600 2018 brand new vehicles all priced to move as part of this national clearance event. Luther Brookdale Toyota is offering rebates up to $2,500 and 0% APR financing on selected vehicles as well. I know there's great lease specials. I love the 2016 Corolla that I'm in right now. I'm very curious to at some point upgrade to a 2018 or 2019. We're talking all kinds of great technological Features with the Entune 3.0 system in the middle console. Great safety features. Stop it. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Give us your thoughts on that. Absolutely ridiculous. Mackey and Judd. I ain't putting up with that. On 1500. We have to put up with that nonsense. ESPN. Sit down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Write that down. I I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Write that down. Gentlemen, we've got a lot to go through here. Accountability session. You say that Uh every single week and it doesn't turn out good for me. You know what, though? I mean, it turns out worse for you in 2018. Yeah, I was just going to say, as, I mean, as bad. bad as you think it is for you, it's been a lot worse for me. I'm I just went, trying to dig out of the Mendoza hole. I went through the same struggles in 2017, so I know where, where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, you're hanging in there. Let's go through. And you know what? <laughs> I know that Dave is with all the changes that were announced here at 1500 ESPN a week ago now. And if, you're, if you've been gone or you're just tuning in or you're checking in via podcast or on demand... Uh, our show and and Judd and I will continue forward beyond the State Fair and September 7th or 8th. We may have some time slot things to announce at some point. Garage Logic will be available exclusively via podcast starting on September 10th. GarageLogic.com. If you already find Garage Logic on demand or via podcast, it's the same. It's the same feed, essentially. So if you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, it's nothing's going to change in that regard, but it's the only place you're going to be able to hear it, garagelogic.com. And then uh, the ride with Royce will uh, come to a conclusion on the radio on September 7th. And you know, we've been talking about contributor plans for Pat. Pat's certainly going to have a microphone and a voice, and we're having some discussions about that. But with the announcements last week, Dave Harrigan no longer producing this show, but we will keep his predictions, and we will keep and hold him accountable for his previous predictions. And he has been flirting with the 400 batting average line. So He's doing really well. I don't think well. that he can uh, skate away free from accountability, although we might want to just like t- take him away from this because he's making us look bad with his 
positive well, and good Some people might say that's why changes were made. I wouldn't say that, but some people might. <laughs> Listen, yeah, you're making the you're making this look bad with your predictions. So let's start let's start with Dave, who predicted that Tiger Woods would not win the PGA championship. Yeah. Single. And he almost but did. He almost, so. he almost lost it. Yeah, he almost lost that prediction. He said the Vikings would bring in another offensive lineman by August 17th. Yeah. Yeah. Who'd they bring in again? I have no idea, but they brought in somebody last weekend, right? Okay. It was yeah, a guy off some... like the Bears practice squad. Was that it? Yeah, it was somebody like last Sunday, though, or something like yeah. that to fill a spot out. He, I don't think he'll make the team, okay. but he's still right. Uh, Dave also said Shohei Otani would win Rookie of the Year and MVP, but... <laughs> He's, he's, he's MVP is out of the question, and rookie, I don't know about rookie of the year, but he's not. That's not going to happen. Um, Judd said Kyle Rudolph would not be a Viking to start the season. I was off by one year. Yeah, next year is the restructure. Either he's going to play right? for a lot less next year, or probably not be here. I was yes, wrong, but I was wrong. I said Alex Smith, Case Keenum, and Eli Manning would be on new teams to start the year. <laughs> Two out of three there. Okay, Eli's still with the Giants. Yep. I said Sano, Dozier, and Lomo would all hit 30 bombs for the Twins this year. <laughs> it was really close. Have they combined to hit 30 bombs even? Have they even? Uh, Sano I hit, would think so. Sano hit his 10th last night, right? So they, yeah, they're and Lomo has 15. Like, yeah, and then Sano has, yeah. Dozier had four. So they've combined so now, it. So that's yeah, what you were, that's yeah. what yeah. If they had combined, you were, you were golden. Yep. I said Joe Morrow would drive in 90. <laughs> what? what were you smoking that day? I said Joe would drive in 90, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. How did you say that? Does he have 40? I don't think 40. Does he have 30? Okay. I think he has 30. But let's backtrack for a second. The home run prediction actually is not that bad. Like I don't, it didn't, I don't know it if didn't, that was a home run. I don't know if that was even a forced home run segment. No, but, <laughs> but what I'm saying is your previous prediction about uh, Sano and Dozier and Lomo is actually not that bad. Like at the beginning of the season, I, I would have said, yeah, I could see that. 90 RBIs for Joe Maurer? Listen, I'm just not seeing the ball well this season to write that down, okay? We need to remove the trees from Can we send you to Fort Myers? I mean, you might come back skinnier and smarter. (laughs) This was going through your head when you made that prediction. (laughs) I'm trying to think of what I was thinking about. I don't remember that. Like, I don't remember that day. I think in my, well, first of all, he, I thought the Twins were going to be awesome this year. So that was that. I think I figured Buxton was going to was going to have a good year and bat above Joe. Okay. And Dozier was going to bat above Joe. Okay. And Joe was or Buxton was going to bat ninth for a while and and thus score runs. And I thought if Joe plays 145 games and hits 300 again like he did last year, yeah. there's going to be more opportunities to drive in runs. And this was probably was dur- logic. during the time period where you thought that Buxton would garner MVP votes as well. But he also, in, in Joe's MVP year, the- he barely drove in 90 runs. Like, it was like 94 or something. He, missed he, a, he did miss a month that year. That's true. Phil Mackey, the naive years. Chapters yeah, three through six. Still trying to dig out of him. I said Tiger Woods would win the PGA Championship. But... He came really close. I was going to say, that's not bad. Uh, he finished second place. I told you guys that Tiger Woods would fire a 66 or better on Friday. Yeah. The Kirk Cousins would not be sacked. Yeah. Couple of doubles there. And that Nick Gordon or a major league starting position player would be traded by the Twins this summer. And yeah. That's a single. They did trade away uh, Brian Dozier. Yep. 
Uh, let's see here. Uh, contributors, James had three come off the board, all swinging for the fences when he said Irv will not pitch for the Twins this year. You said Mickelson will be jeered at the open in uh, jeered in large quantities. He actually wasn't because those fans are very polite. Mm-hmm. And that Urban Meyer would be out by now. I will say those first two were definitely not me. I've only done uh, write that down once, and that was two weeks ago. Oh, you know what? So that would have had to be like Jonathan or... Oh, it was written down as Murph. It was probably Brian Murphy who predicted those. Uh, Guest contributors. Okay, so we have two Murphs. It's still your fault. I expect an apology in my mailbox. (laughs) No, it's still your fault. Uh, And the listener listener predictions, Drew V predicted you, Darvish, would miss at least 50% of the season due to injury. That's a home run. He said that before the injury to you, Darvish. Way back at the beginning of the year. And and you, Darvish, has been out since the middle of May. That's a home run. Yep. Kurt S. predicted Judbot 3000 will be featured on Songs by the U-Log this year. Yeah, Dave was the mastermind behind Songs by the U-Log, so sorry, Kurt. <laughs> we, we lost our lead writer for yes. Songs by the so, U-Log. I mean, I guess we could fire it back up. I, we'll just we'll, we'll circle back, Kurt. Yeah, we're going to try happened. and yeah. compose songs, and they're going to be awful. We need a ruling on this one. Yeah. The Dude predicted Miguel Sano would miss at least six weeks this season. Due to injury, I feel like we need to enter right that. Uh, let's make this official here. Where's the uh, we need we need James as part of this. We're gonna need write that down court to be in session, okay? Because one could argue getting sent to the minor leagues because you're physically incapable of performing at the major league level. Yep. If I were a defense attorney, yep. on behalf of the dude here, my case would be built around. Physical incompetence. He's not healthy enough or not physically capable of playing Major League Baseball, which is why he missed six weeks in Fort Myers. Yep. Okay. So you are you are the defense. I am the prosecutor. I can convince 12 people. 12 people. Very easily. That an injury is something that you have little control of. It's an unfortunate turn of events that leads you to be on the disabled list because you, let's say, strained a hamstring or broke your leg. Miguel Sano's exile to Fort Myers, Florida was completely self-induced by his inability to control his eating. (laughs) And that inability is why he had to go to Fort Myers. We needed we needed to find injury. Now you you I think should parade experts up there to explain to the jury why it's not his fault that he got so fat. Okay, I hate when I hate when dictionaries you look up the word injury and then the definition is an instance of being injured. Like okay. <laughs> I know that. Okay, okay, they, thank you. Okay. What's the what's the definition of injured? Because I think if we don't start there, we can't determine if Miguel Sano was ruled injured for... I get it, it's not a traditional classic injury, but he was deemed physically incompetent. They sent him down, not because he, just because he couldn't hit a baseball, but they, they literally had him play every other day because they had to work on his physical state, his physical conditioning, All right, his I physical well-being. Injured. Harmed, damaged, or impaired. He was physically impaired. Okay, but he can you play can baseball? You, but can you parade a, a litany of witnesses to explain to the jury that it wasn't self-induced? Because I say, where does the I self-induced say, thing I come say from? he caused. I say that he damaged himself. He wasn't damaged by outside factors, which is what causes an injury. I think the cause of the injury is irrelevant. 
the state of injury and the no. presence of injury. Disagree completely. Objection. Objection. <laughs> objection. <laughs> Move to suppress. Sustain. Thank you. The injury, the injury in this case, too, you can't identify because actually being grossly out of shape is not an injury. Is, is this a call about, is this. Do we have a lawyer? Do we have a lawyer on the phone here? Max. Max he's, is, he's typing. Something. Max is typing oh, right sorry. now. Okay. I hope it's a lawyer. Is this a lawyer on the phone right now? No, it's not. No, it's not. Okay. All right. All right. Um, let's come back. Where's Corzo? We have to deliver our write that down prediction. <laughs> That's what we need. We need Corzo. <laughs> uh, before we deliver our write that down predictions and, uh, and pause for a moment, every Friday on the Mackie and Judd show, I sit down and have conversations about retirement planning, financial planning with Dale Tondrick from Tondrick Wealth Management. It's the Friday Financial Playbook on Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd are back. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. On 1500 ESPN. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things all right, down. All right, real quick, before we get to our... I think as of right now, the dude's prediction about Miguel Sano is going to it's going to remain incorrect although there's still time in the season for him to get hurt he's missed some time but we just want to give we want to give you a chance the dude to to fight for if if you want to Miguel Sano yeah. missing a bunch of time because he was fat did i say it would be by the all-star break no you said you said he would miss at least 6 <laughs> weeks due to injury this season okay yeah i honestly i, I couldn't even do it uh, in full conscious give it to him at this point cuz he's just played god awful so as much as I would like to, to to get the point, I can't give it to myself in right conscious. So okay. I'm to There's still time we'll, we'll if he twists. The there yeah. are good people left in this world. If he twists an ankle, honest, you know, then and misses four weeks, and he missed two earlier, you would. You, there's still time to get the point, so we'll leave it on the board. I'm sure it'll happen. He's really fat. It's probably hard to no. He slimmed you know, down. Balance that weight around. Oh, He's lost some weight. 20, 25 pounds. The dude, he looks pretty good right now. Oh, man. No, no. It's over. It's over, unfortunately. You're more okay. negative than I am. All right. We just wanted, yeah. we just wanted to give you a chance. I'm in a chance. bad mood, honestly. After What's wrong? I just found out about the Dave thing and then GL getting canceled. Canceled is, canceled is a strong word because they're still going to exist every single canceled day. from the platform. Canceled from, canceled from the radio band. Yeah. But if you want to listen to Garage Logic every day, you're going to still be able to on September. 10th. Hey, the dude, we call it transitioning. We don't <laughs> say canceled. We call it a transition. Come on, it's yeah. 2018. Yeah, yeah. The company, yeah, the company announced a bunch of changes last Friday, and you know, we're just trying to have fun and keep the energy positive on the air, even though it's a it's an odd David time. Probably overpaid, anyways. I get it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you don't need to take shots at him. <laughs> definitely. Keep calling the dude. All right, the dude. We'll talk soon, man. We'll see you at the state fair. All right. Uh, let's. Oh, we got to get our predictions. Write it down. Yeah. You like writing things down. Write this down. Right, we'll go, Judd. James Murphy, and then I'll round it out. We'll do we'll do three rounds. A prediction okay. number one for me, and I do not believe that I have made this type of prediction during the course of this year. Does involve Miguel Sano? He will be traded by the Twins this off season. Okay. I look back to May, and I couldn't find any Sano related prediction involving uh, his potential being moved and or staying here. Sure. So Miguel Sano will, will be traded by the Twins this off season. Okay. Okay. Write this down. Over to James. Kirk Cousins. In tomorrow's game against the Jaguars, will play in two drives. Both will result in points, including one touchdown. Okay. So two drives. Two drives, both, both touchdowns. points. Oh, both, both points. Point, both resulting in points and then at least one touchdown. Okay. Just a touchdown drive? Or no, he he'll throw? score a touchdown, oh. whether that be throwing or running. 
Got it. Okay. Wouldn't it be funny if he ran like 30 yards against the Jaguars defense in a preseason game? <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Because, I know. I don't want him to do that. Because they would knock his block off. <laughs> All right. Write this down. Write this down. The Twins, this is a home run if it happens, I think. The Twins will finish 500 or better. So I believe they're five games under 500 right now. I think they're six, but yeah. Six. The Twins will finish 500 or better. They will not make the playoffs, but the Twins... What's the September schedule like? Because the August schedule... A lot of division games. I was going to say, it's very conducive to doing so, actually. Yeah. It is, and I think, because Byron Buxton's back, if they even have him in the outfield and anything offensively, they're going to win some games that they otherwise wouldn't. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Twins. You're gonna look and it'll be like 82 and 80 or something, or 81 and 81. I'll say 500 or better to end the season. Write this down. I'm going to give you a very positive. Write that down. Byron Buxton will hit 250 or above for the Twins next season. So Byron Buxton will not only be here next year, he will hit 250, which to which ordinarily wouldn't be great, but in his case would actually be productive. 250 or above next season as the center fielder for the Twins. It's really sad when, and I agree that it's that would be very nice if he could do that. When you have to preface that prediction by saying, "I'm going to give you an optimistic prediction that Buxton's going <laughs> to hey, hit 250 or better." It is, yeah, it is. It's sad. All right, right, James, write this down. I want to just say too, Phil. Uh, that was one of my questions that I was going to have in question. So we were on the same wavelength with uh, with the uh, Twins over 500 or not? Okay. Well, yeah, Doogie will be in here for questions later, and he <laughs> oh, may so or may I not still have ask Oh, repurpose it yeah. for sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. New uh, audience for my for my second question or my second write that down prediction. Write this down. Jimmy Graham will lead all tight ends in touchdowns in 2018. Okay. Now the Packers, correct? That is correct. And he had, a, he had a touchdown, obviously, preseason last night. Uh, I was watching the Packer game, and he did have a, a pretty good touchdown reception. I think he's going to get used a lot in the red zone. He will lead all tight ends in touchdowns. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Write this down. I'm going I'm, I'm to give a Bridgewater prediction that I hope doesn't stomp on Judds. If it does, I'm sorry. Teddy Bridgewater will play next season for... The New England Patriots. Oh no, that doesn't come. That's a home run. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater. Well, wait, wait, Willie, are you are you saying he's going to start next season as well? I'm just saying Teddy like, Bridgewater will play for the New England Patriots next year. Oh my goodness! Well, that think does, about it. Who's there? That who, doesn't steal mine, but it it definitely uh, trumps it. They've said goodbye Good to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep. To was it Jacoby Brissett? Yeah. They don't have a quarterback in the wings. No, they've got the old guy now, right? Brian Tom Hoyer, Brady. Hoyer, yeah. Yep. All it right. makes sense. <laughs> Bill Belichick and Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> Write it down. You Zim. like writing things down. down. Write this down. Poor Zim. Back to Judd. <laughs> All right, my final one is also a Teddy-related, although not not nearly to grab a phrase from what we used to use at the station, ballsy. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater will start week one for the Jets. Teddy Bridgewater will be the Jets' starting quarterback to uh, start the season. In fact, you know what? I'll I'll give you this. He will start weeks one through four. Okay. So so he will at, at, at least at saying. least at least. So yeah. So it's not that I'm guaranteeing he would be lifted after week four. But let's just say he will start at Hopefully least. Hopefully not airlifted. He will, why you gotta go there? <laughs> at will start at least weeks one through four for the Jets. All right. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Back to Murph. Well, come Monday, Phil's Twins prediction is going to look pretty good because the Twins will complete a four-game sweep of the Detroit Tigers over the weekend. Write that down. Stella the dog and I could sweep that crappy team. <laughs> Just two, two on nine with a dog as one of the two. 
a bat in her she's mouth. Got a, she's got a rubber <laughs> paw, man. She could pitch the entire series. Burn her. Guardy just shaking his head. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, final prediction here. And, and we ran out of time. We have listener predictions. We've, we see them via email. We'll, we'll make note of them, and we'll get to them next week because we're just time crunched with Doogie coming in here. And because we spent 10 minutes in Write That Down Court, which rarely happens. Tiger Woods will win before the end of the calendar year. <laughs> Back Tiger to the Woods wild. will win before <laughs> the end of the year. Max is pumping What do you think, Max? Fast. Are you in? Max is I'm in. I'm absolutely in. Write it down. You like writing things down. <laughs> of course he's in. He, so he, and, and he's already up to 26th in the world rankings, too, mind you. What if he wins his, like, ri- the Ryder Cup, like oh. they beat their opponents? I'm not going to count the Ryder Cup. Okay. He'll win, it, he'll win a tournament independent of a great performance in the Ryder Cup as well. Okay, okay. But we can't quantify that, so. All right, Doogie's coming in here to hang out, <laughs> and I guess I'll it see you guys go, later on It had on to Monday. end on a Tiger Woods prediction, didn't it? <laughs> Got to get get the last word. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley-doakley. On 1500 ESPN.